This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Let's Talk About Speech podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Claire. And we're back for another episode this week. Last week, we sat down with Megan and we talked all things high-tech AAC. um, And she had so many resources for us. Claire and I were like frantically taking notes (laughs) for all of these great ideas. So if you guys haven't had a chance to listen to that, go listen and then come back and tell us what you think. So today on the show, we are lucky enough to have Shannon Werbeckis from Speechy Musings on with us, and we're so excited to talk to her. We're going to talk all things SLP resources um, and just kind of pick her brain a little bit on how she started. If you don't know, Speechy Musings is a huge platform, Instagram, blog, the works, and Shannon, we are just so happy that you are here to talk with us today. I am thrilled to be here. This is going to be fun. So can we start just by telling us a little bit about yourself, your area of interest as an SLP, um, and the population you work with? Yeah, for sure. Um, My favorite areas to assess and treat are probably AAC and language broadly, um, social language, all levels of language. I love it. Um, Since COVID hit last March, I've been full-time with Speechy Musings before then, um, I was most full-time was in a middle school and then I was doing like a hodgepodge of part-time gigs, um, (laughs) subbing and working in an outpatient clinic, um, until COVID hit, but right Mm -hmm. now just speechy musings. So that's awesome. So you dedicate all of your time to that. I'm sure that's great. Yes. I bet it's been (laughs) nice to be able to do that in comparison to like trying to juggle work and IEP season and paperwork and do that on top of it. Yeah, absolutely. I did that for five years. It's just a lot and uh, started to go down to part-time. And then when COVID hit, no one really wanted part-time people. So it kind of all evaporated. I'm like, perfect. I'll take this opportunity to to do it for a while. Yeah. I'm doing some volunteer, um, like parent coaching via teletherapy um, in Belize, which has been a really fun time, but um, that's kind of keeping my foot in the door a little bit. Yeah. yeah. What a cool experience too. That's great. Mm -hmm. I love that. So, um, how did you get the idea to start Speechy Musings? Um, so I have to give credit to a mentor of mine. I was an SLPA in undergrad for Marge Blanc. She's a, kind of a big name in the echolalia um, mm-hmm. autism area. So I kind of did that in undergrad. She told me to start a blog, start sharing ideas. I didn't until I started grad school, um, but started it my first semester feel like I just had a lot of encouragement from everyone I knew to just start um, putting stuff out there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like knowing, well, when I looked at your website, I saw that you'd been doing it since grad school. And I was like, that's amazing. Cause I feel like as a grad student, I had no clue mm-hmm. what to do as <laughs> far as making my own resources besides like gluing things to paper. So I'm impressed <laughs> that you were able to do that. Did you start your like TPT store and everything then in grad school? 
I did. Wow. Yeah, I did. Um, I feel like honestly, it was probably the easiest time for me to do it. It was yeah. like, you're just living, breathing, everything speech. So, Absolutely. you know, now I have like boundaries in grad school. There were none. So <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it worked good. Yeah. That's great. Well, so can you tell us a little bit more about the products you make um, and how you come up with those different ideas? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I started working in an outpatient clinic. Um, then I did itinerant preschool services. Then I did middle school. Then I was kind of the hodgepodge, like I said. So um, I guess for the products span like all sorts of ages because I've obviously been making things all along. Um, again, like I said, probably a bigger emphasis on language just because that's like my favorite. And I yeah. felt like for a long time that our tick things were easier to find. Um, mm -hmm. So that's probably my, you know, favorite little niche, but to come up with the ideas, it's always therapy driven. Um, I come up with product, like I probably have a hundred product ideas in an Evernote document, probably at least a hundred. <laughs> um, so during therapy sessions, I'll just start jotting down ideas. Um, and then when I have time, I'll go back through my Evernote document. And I've like usually saved like examples of worksheets that I like kind of half put together. Um, and then kind of pick which one I'm going to go with next. And then I just like expand it, give tons of examples, make it look a little more profesh. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, try to find like missing pieces sort of. So sometimes there's like some missing pieces, like where I'm like, oh, this is like a gap that needs to be sort of addressed. So I kind of try to pick out ones like that, but they're all like straight out of my therapy sessions. Um, when I have just an idea that my kid needs something yeah, for a certain great. goal area. Awesome. Yeah. I love keeping the running list because Claire and I do that for the podcast too. And initially we were just like texting each other ideas and then it was very overwhelming. We're like, we got to make yeah. a document. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I call my Evernote, my brain. I have like notebooks for everything. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's like all of my thoughts. I never delete them. It's just, I can go back and be like, what was I thinking in March in 2014? <laughs> yeah. And like literally figure it out. Pretty great. <laughs> yes. That's how our like show notes are. Cause we, mm -hmm. you know, we've interviewed so many amazing people with so much experience in like various areas that we're always taking notes. Like I just wrote down, um, Marge, Marge, is that her name? Marge Blanc. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I wrote it down and, um, <laughs> yeah, so we're always taking notes and we'll go back and reference that. I so that. what kind of research then do you do before creating your resources as far as like tying them to, um, like standards or evidence-based practice? What does that look like? Yeah. Um, I guess, honestly, I probably don't do a ton of research for my products. I feel like I'm like a huge research nerd. I read that. I read it like nonstop, especially now that it's full time. I'm like reading research every day. I probably watched like every speech pathology thing on like school-based issues on speechpathology.com. Um, I really, really love research, but I find sort of like once I have a product idea, then, and I have like all my Evernote docs drafted it's sort of like, I don't really want to read any of the research because I still feel like sometimes it leads me down a certain path of things that are already created ideas that are already out there. So mm -hmm. I feel like I read a ton of research for my therapy and then the therapy informs the product ideas, if that makes sense. It's, mm -hmm. I, it like gets overwhelming for me to go down research rabbit holes when I'm like ready to make a resource. Yeah. Regardless, it's a rabbit hole for sure. Cause I've gotten <laughs> down those True. many a times, like regardless, I'm always trying to find more things or I, it leads me in different directions. So I I totally feel that. Um, if you had to pick a favorite resource, I know you said you have like a running list always, and you have a million resources out there already, but if you had to pick one of your favorites or even top couple favorites, what would you pick? 
I think my favorite that I put out um, that's already in my store has got to be my AAC implementation toolkit. Um, I think that one's just like a big burst of pride for me. It took yeah. like three years of oh, wow. like in all the different settings, like putting everything together. And like I used pieces of it in outpatient preschool and then in middle schools and I finally released it. Um, I feel like that one just like took my, everything out of me for like three oh. years of like putting ideas together. So that one's probably like my favorite proud proud project. Um, I'm going to release another one in the next month. I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but <laughs> I have another one coming out the next month that is like a wordless picture book narrative intervention resource that I wrote my own picture book, got it illustrated um, and made a whole like bundle unit around that. So that's probably going to be my new favorite maybe yeah. when this is released. Um, that one has just been another one that's probably like two years in the making where I got the, the pictures illustrated almost a year ago and have just been digging in deep on building it out since then. So that's awesome. I love that. That's yeah. going to be like your baby, right? That's like your labor. They of are love. my babies. <laughs> yes. Yes. They are all like, not all, some of them are like, you know, shorter resources that are easier, but a lot of them are like, they do feel like babies. They, I can like, remember when I first thought of it, where I was, oh, when I drafted yeah. it. It's like, yeah. it's a whole little love story. <laughs> I have to say probably your most popular resource that I see other people posting about or you know like co fellow colleagues are using or would be the cycles for phenology toolkit mm -hmm. that's like mm -hmm. everywhere and everyone has their beautiful little organizational Landed. yeah yep. it's wonderful thank you yeah, yeah that one and I have a love love hate relationship with it I feel like when I assembled it I was like I hate myself why did I <laughs> like my hand was cramping I'm like this is the worst but, uh, then it's like so beautiful and it's done everyone yeah. like dms me and they're like you really cut this whole thing out I'm like you will hate me but then you will love me like I promise yeah it's, like, it's worth it but then it's great yeah. <laughs> yes. Lots of little pieces on that one. <laughs> there is, there is. Yeah. So, um, I guess then what advice would you have for, um, SLPs or grad students or, you know, kind of whatever stage they're in that are interested in starting to create materials or like a speech related blog or an Instagram, whatever it may be. Yeah, this is like probably the worst advice, but it is the best <laughs> advice is just, just start. Um, mm -hmm. I always like, I have friends that get stuck in this phase for so long. Um, I feel like I'm very impulsive as a, a person. So like, this is not a problem for me. So maybe it's not the most helpful advice, but um, I feel like people get stuck in like consuming information, learning how to do it, uh, taking courses, learning things online, reading things. And it's like, they don't ever like take the step to actually do things. So I feel like my top advice is literally just like get the most hideous website up, start posting things. Like you're not going to really feel confident you're not going to feel like starting until you're just doing it um mm -hmm. I look back on the first things like my first logo is like oh it, it was legitimately awful and like my <laughs> everything everything was awful but it's fine like you just have to start you, you just, just have to learn like, I think it's that hurdle yes mm -hmm. it's that hurdle of like putting yourself out there and like maybe getting bad feedback or someone not liking what you do that I think like is probably the bigger problem on like starting something than right. the other stuff like I feel like it's just scary to start doing that but mm -hmm. that's why I'm like just put crap out there at first if you have to yeah. because you can always delete it you can always update it mm -hmm. um 
I think that's like seriously the biggest hurdle is just like literally starting. Yeah, absolutely. And I think something that goes along with that is the feeling of imposter syndrome that we all have. Um, and mm-hmm. I know that we have that in our careers frequently, but we also might have it for new, many CFs and new SLPs might be feeling in regards to making resources or in regards to starting an Instagram account. Um, there's just so much out there, especially once you step into that world of yeah. creating things and even just mm-hmm. creating posts that I think it's really easy to compare yourself to others. So what advice would you give? Because I feel like, again, you've been at it for a long time now <laughs> and you've been in the thick of it. So what can you give us as far as that? Yeah. Um, this is something I really struggle with. Um, I feel like I actually sort of got, I don't want to say got over it as an SLP, mm-hmm. but I sort of found my comfort zone in the middle school and really, yeah. honestly didn't really feel it for a while. I feel it hardcore more in my business, honestly, yeah. right now, um, where I, it's like terrifying. Sometimes like putting new ideas out there still terrifies me. Certain mm-hmm. Instagram posts. I'm like, I don't know. You feel sort of vulnerable. Um, yeah. so I totally, get it. Um, I feel like my thoughts on this have evolved also over the last seven years, sort of as, you know, I feel like I've had this evolution of imposter syndrome for the last seven years, but I realized mine is sort of linked to like people pleasing and perfectionism often. So it's like, I have a fear that you'll, you know, I'll upset someone or make a mistake. So I often get it when I feel like I'm not knowledgeable enough to be error free in what I'm doing. So I have a new kid and I don't feel like I fully understand their diagnosis or all the trajectory and all the things I need to do. So I'm like worried I'll say something wrong or worried my treatment won't be like, you know, the class, you know, the top of the top or something. Um, So I feel like sometimes addressing those underlying things, like for me, people pleasing and perfectionism is sort of all tied into it. Um, And it kind of, it does link really back to what we were saying about starting a blog. I feel like imposter syndrome is solved by action, which is like learning something new, um, taking a CEU course. I don't know, even like Googling and reading a blog post to kind of help you. Um, and then like having the courage to like do the scary thing. Um, I shared something on Instagram recently. That was a quote that I said, courage comes before confidence. And I seriously feel like it's true. I feel like I kind of just need to have a moment where I'm like, I don't know. You have imposter syndrome, like leading IEPs used to give me anxiety. I was like sweating before all of them, you know, and then I feel like you just have to be courageous so many times and do the thing. And then obviously like learn from what mistakes you're making. But I think sometimes it causes people to not take action because they feel like an imposter. And then it sort of cycles in a really bad way because then you're not like doing the hard things, putting yourself out there. It's sort of like that anxiety cycle a little bit where then you're not doing it makes you feel more nervous to do it. So what I like to do is like literally talk to my brain. So I always remind myself it's my brain's job to avoid failure. <laughs> so I'm like, it's okay, brain. You know, <laughs> um, I know you're doing your job. I'm like, thanks brain. Um, and then I, one thing I got from Brooke Castillo, um, she has a podcast called the life coach school. She always says that she's going to have her back no matter what. So I always tell myself, I'm going to have my back no matter what. And I feel like that helps a little bit too. Um, I don't know if everyone's is related to like failure, receiving negative feedback and things like that. But um, I remind myself like, I'll, I'll know why I did what I did. I'll know I did the best I could. So that sort of helped. But honestly, this is something I continually struggle with. So I have to have lots of like brain talks. (laughs) <laughs> no, that was all such good advice. And I love the, just like do the thing and believe in yourself too. Cause I think that's the biggest thing is the fear that kind of holds us back mm-hmm. from doing things. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. Claire and I can definitely relate to like 
you know, you get an idea and you just want to start. And we did like, for the most part, when we had the idea, we started like within a couple of weeks and, but I can relate to looking back at your, like your old Instagram posts and you're like, Ooh, not so pretty. That could look a lot different, (laughs) (laughs) but you learn. Yeah. You learn and you have to like test different things out and see what works and what doesn't. And then you eventually figure it out. So I love that you had wonderful advice. And I hope our listeners that are interested in creating blogs or TPT stores or um, Instagram pages are feeling um, inspired. So thank you so much for that. Where can our listeners find you? Um, the best place is probably Instagram um, at Speechy Musings. Um, I also have a website, speechymusings.com. Kind of everywhere, Facebook, Pinterest, all the places, but um, Instagram and my website are probably the best. That's great. Yeah, I was looking at your website before this meeting and it's beautiful, by the way. Rachel and I are having some It just issues. got redone. Oh, yeah. It just got redone. Rachel and I are having serious issues with our website. So I was like <laughs> very serious and we keep talking about it on the podcast because yeah. we've had a couple people reach out like, hey, I want to find a resource for this you know, episode that you mentioned. You said it would be on your website and we're like, mm-hmm, yeah, we're working on it. It will be, it will be. Well, if you need help, reach out. I yes. am not a website whiz, but I've learned a little bit, but they are, tech is still, everyone thinks I must be good at tech from what I do. And I'm like, no, I am not. It's like the biggest struggle <laughs> so hard. I honestly would, th- looking at your things, I would think you were good at Absolutely. tech stuff because everything's beautiful, but I, I totally feel not being in the tech world. Like as a speech therapist, I feel like none of us are really in that mode. So especially with a website, like the coding and the putting things play like we have no idea we have no oh, idea my husband is a web developer so he oh, does he's a coder so I know there you go. so I'm always you're like, please help so me. lucky it's crashing <laughs> it got to the point where my brother-in-law does IT for like a pretty big law firm and we're I was like Curtis I need your help we need a meeting with you because something has to be done <laughs> yeah we can't keep doing this alone and I think that's a good piece of advice too is knowing when to ask for help because we can't possibly be a speech therapist and a tech whiz. It's just not, it doesn't make sense together. So absolutely. And I do like, I'm a minimalist in like every part of my life. So I buy into that so hard. Like I always am culling, cutting out everything saying no, it's like definitely like, yeah, a big part of it too. Definitely. For sure. Well, thank you so much, Shannon. That's all we have for you today. We really appreciate you coming on and talking with us and I feel super inspired and I'm sure other people will too. So we appreciate you and we also love everything that you've created and you're such a asset. I feel like to the world of speech therapy, you've done such great things. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks. Well, guys, that wraps up this episode. Thank you again so much for joining us. And as always, you can find me, Rachel, on Instagram at supersweetspeech. And if you or anyone you know is in need of speech therapy in Southeast Michigan, feel free to email me at speechissupersweet at gmail.com. And you can also follow the Let's Talk About Speech podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. So make sure you give those a like and a follow. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at kindly underscore speech or my Facebook page, Kindly Speech LLC. 
And if anyone in the Ohio area is in need of speech teletherapy, please contact me, kindlyspeechllc at gmail.com. And then Rachel and I have an email for the podcast as well. Let's talk about speech podcast at gmail.com. Email us with your questions or suggestions, or if you have an idea for someone to be on our show, we love talking to you guys. Thank you so much. Bye.